following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthlings. This is Captain Smellsogood of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Sayonai. And when we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the jackal head. Are we ready to blast off? You are about to enter a new dimension in sound. What the heck happened last night? Hang on to your hats because you're about to go on a heck of a ride through time, space, and the multiverse. How do I reach these kids? Atlanta, Georgia, Greensboro, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Chicago, Tampa, Florida, Miami, Dallas, Texas. I don't care where the city is. How do I reach these kids? And with all the high-tech gizmos these days? The biggest trick the Jackal ever pulled was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. I reach these kids. The Jackal. Little ACDC to get your blood going there. Welcome everybody to Inside the Jackal's Head here on PSN Radio. Streaming live this beautiful Sunday evening. Right out of Miami, Florida. Tonight we have a good one, folks. And I know I say that all the time. But tonight I mean it. Well, I mean it a lot. But tonight I really mean it. Dennis Reno from the Ufologist Tunes are going to be here. He's going to join us in about 30 minutes, and we're going to talk about ufology, about his website, about a bunch of stuff. So stick around for that. It's going to be good. It's always a fun guy to to have on the show and talk to. So I'm really looking forward to having Dennis Reno back on tonight. A lot of stuff in the news, a lot of news reports all over the uh, the web here that I'm going to go ahead and uh, get to in a second. But man, I love this ACDC track. Anything goes, baby. Just like this show, anything goes on Inside. The Jack.
Michaels hit. Now, of course, tonight the big news is The Walking Dead has returned. I know a lot of you are getting your zombie fix tonight. If you check this show out after The Walking Dead, I'd really appreciate it because I know everybody is hooked on this return of The Walking Dead. I myself missed the show. I'm going to catch it later on uh, demand. So I'll tell you guys uh, in another episode what I think. Maybe on the answer to Movie Troll Insanity. We'll get to. Um, we'll, following uh, program contains we'll language get, and subject matter. Why is it keep playing my damn cue? Right, let me put it on manual DJ. Sorry about that. Anyway, maybe I'll check out the uh, the episode later of The Walking Dead, and I'll give you a review on the answer to Movie Troll Insanity this week. I almost didn't make it to the show tonight. I had a, a couple technical issues that almost kept me from being here, but here I am, and like I said, in, a, in about 25 minutes, that we're going to have Dennis Reno, the guest of the evening, folks. A lot of news reports from across the Internet that I want to get to. One uh, really interesting report I just uh, came across, uh, and this man is all over the place. I mean, talk about legend. You know, when you know, when people talk about legends, living legends, for example, a lot of names come to uh, mind. Uh, Michael Jordan, living legend, right? Living legend, NBA player. He's done. He did a lot for the sport. He was a great basketball player. But what other living legends have done more than say Magic Johnson? If owning movie theaters wasn't enough. The man went about the Dodgers, saved that franchise, because uh, that team was dead, so to speak. Now, he is. Uh, it seems here that Magic Johnson is going to organize rappers to unite against homophobia, HIV, and AIDS. Of course, Magic Johnson, the famous NBA player who was stricken with the HIV virus more than 20 years ago. can't believe it's been that long already. But this is your NBA legend, Magic Johnson is planning to tackle the issue of homophobia and HIV-AIDS within the hip-hop community. Uh, says your Magic recently marked the 20th anniversary of his announcement that he was HIV-positive, along with his retirement from the NBA, which occurred back in 1991. It's amazing how fast time flies, but it says your Magic is planning on creating a coalition that will engage rappers to speak about and speak out against homophobia, and discrimination against gays, uh, but the main focus on the coalition will be to uh, raise the level of awareness and break down stereotypes about HIV and AIDS. And I quote here, he says, uh, what we're trying to do is reach out to the hip-hop community because they have power. Power with their voice, power with the mic in their hand, and power with the lyrics that they sing. Magic Johnson told the Huffington Post. Uh, Magic said that he was closely associated with a number of top artists and executives within the hip-hop community, and those individuals are involved in early stages of, of the new organization. Magic uh, refused to reveal the name of the artist, but he confirmed uh, about five or six stars are aligning with uh, new initiatives, and he said they're big names. Magic is planning to utilize the collective fan base of these rap stars to help spread a positive message. And he says here, uh, and I quote, we're going to come out next year with everybody and we'll have a nice big press conference. And what we're going to do is what our plan is, because uh, it's so important that we really, uh, that we rally. And not just them either, Magic said. Uh, I need the entire hip-hop community, but I also need the basketball players and football players. We need a little bit of everybody. So that's what we're working on now. A great program. I really wish them well on that. You know, homophobia is a terrible thing. Uh, HIV misconceptions and he's had to deal with so much uh, stuff over the years it's great to see him be that leader for that cause so 
Good going, Magic. And talk about a living legend, going back to that. Nobody, I think, has meant more to sports over the last uh, few decades than Magic. From the Lakers, you know, being a sports hero on the court to being a sports hero off the court with his uh, battle with HIV. The guy is just uh, truly a living legend. Uh, More news reports. Uh, This is a crazy story. I mean, this is bananas. It says here, and I don't know if you guys have heard this story at all. In fact, I I wish that I had enough time tonight to rip an audio clip of this. I think I might have it ripped somewhere, but I don't think I actually did an MP3 of it. I might... I might, you know, show it next time. But this is a crazy story. It says your teen Justin Carter was jailed in Texas after making a sarcastic threat on Facebook. Now, for all you Facebook junkies out there, all you, uh, you know, kind of dickheads who like to uh, post, uh, you know, stupid remarks on Facebook, you better be careful. It could come back and haunt you, this this idiot. And I, you got to call it how it is. Uh, the, you know, the kid, he, he did something really, really stupid. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. There's no need to, to, you know, really pussyfoot around it. He did something very, very, very stupid. Now, with that said, should it be something that, you know, he goes to prison for? I don't think so. This is one of those uh, moments in, in, in history that just makes you really wonder, what the hell is going on with society? What the hell's going on with society? Now, maybe it's time the internet adopted a sarcasm tag to alert readers to the use of irony on, in online conversations and hopefully avoid situations like the one of Justin Carter, a Texas teenager who has been jailed since February over a Facebook comment that failed to make a woman in Canada laugh out loud. Now, earlier this year, Carter and his friends got into it on Facebook arguing uh, with someone regarding uh, League of Legends. That's right, an online video game, which notoriously diehard fans, Justin, who is a notoriously he's a diehard fan of, uh, Justin's father, Jack, explained a uh, ABC local affiliate that at the end of the conversation, someone had said something to the effort of, oh, you're insane, you're crazy, you're messed up in the head. <coughs> to which Justin replied, oh, yeah, I'm real messed up in the head. I'm going to shoot up a school of, uh, full of kids and eat their still beating hearts. And the next two lines were LOL and just kidding, JK. Now, stupid comment. Yeah, he shouldn't have said it. But check this out. In case you've never been online before today, the internet shorthand LOL stands for laughing out loud. JK stands for just kidding. He posted both of those things after the comment. Meaning he was just kidding, it's a joke. Now, a woman in Canada, this is what this gets crazy, came across the boy's uh, post and failed to see the humor. However, she alerted the police after the internet research revealed that Carter, who was 18 at the time of the incident, lived near an elementary school. Eh, well, they kind of uh, went over and uh, checked up on him, and Carter was taken into custody and charged with making a terroristic threat. Now, an Austin, Texas police spokesperson told, uh, it says here, Parent Dish, the department that takes any threat, says here, the department takes any threat made against schools seriously, especially after the recent events. This, of course, came in February right after the Sandy Hook stuff, and people were still kind of charged up over that incident. So you can imagine how people were upset, and rightfully so. You know, I understand, you know, people are mad, people are upset over what happened at Sandy Hook, but is it really enough to 
you know, put somebody in jail over a comment that is meant to be a joke? Now, Carter's parents have since uh, launched a uh, change.org petition uh, seeking signatures to help their son uh, in his situation. Uh, now, this is crazy. In the meantime, Carter, who is now 19, faces eight years in prison for this thing. Eight years in prison. His trial was supposed to begin in July 1st. It got postponed uh, because uh, some donor paid over, was it, $500,000 in bail. In fact, we do have an audio clip of that. Uh, Pete, roll the audio of that real quick. Some of it in solitary confinement for posting a stupid comment on Facebook. For 19-year-old Justin Carter, writing something offensive and awful online has led to very real-life consequences, being indicted for making a terroristic threat and facing up to 10 years in prison. Back in February, Carter, who lives in San Antonio, Texas, got into a trash-talking argument over the online video game League of Legends. According to his father, Carter was told that he was, quote, messed up in the head, to which Carter shot back, I'm effed in the head, all right. I think I'm going to shoot up a kindergarten and watch the blood of the innocent rain down and eat the beating heart of one of them. Now, it's obvious to anyone that that is a horrible, horrible thing to write. And right after the deadly shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary, you can imagine why it might be taken seriously. Carter's father, Jack, said they were made in jest, those comments. And his son followed them with a message, LOL, for laugh out loud, and JK for just kidding. Someone, though, took the comments very seriously and tipped off law enforcement. In a detailed write-up, All-Ins reporter Ned Reznikoff writes that a Canadian national took a screenshot of Carter's post and sent it to the Canadian Crime Stoppers Association. That information made its way to the Austin Police Department. And believing Carter to be an Austin resident living within half a mile of an elementary school, the department issued an arrest warrant. The arrest took place two months to the day after Sandy Hook. According to the Austin Chronicle, police searched Carter's home, found no weapons or letters of intent. And regardless of this fact, bail was set at half a million dollars, higher than bonds set for murderers, rapists, and other clients represented by Carter's attorney, more than Justin Carter's family could possibly afford. After months in jail, where Carter, according to his dad, suffered terrible assaults, concussions, black eyes, and was moved four times for his own protection, the story began to gain national attention. And just a few hours ago, an anonymous supporter paid the $500,000 bond, and tonight, Justin Carter is home. Joining me now is Jack Carter, Justin's father, and Don Flannery, Justin's attorney. Jack, let me begin with you. I just want to hear how Justin is doing. He's doing actually really, really well considering the, the situation. He's, he's just, he was very surprised. Uh, he wasn't expecting it, and so we, we got to surprise him uh, this morning, and uh, we got a good meal in him, and he's in a, a nice, safe place with a good bed, and uh, he's just really happy to be out and, and, and be with his parents and, and be able to enjoy sunshine, sunshine and, and, and a nice bed. So i got to ask both you and, and, and Don, you as well, I... I it seems crazy to me that you could face 10 years for running something on Facebook. At the same time, when I go back to covering Sandy Hook, when I think about the weeks and months after that, and when I think about if someone had perpetrated a horrible crime such as that, and there had been a Facebook posting beforehand, I think everyone would be pointing to it screaming, why didn't you do something? Weren't the authorities right to step in here? Chris, absolutely. Um, Law enforcement needs to be vigilant, particularly in these times, and particularly when we hear comments uh, that were made. The problem is that once they realized that this is just 
some kid saying something stupid, uh, making a sarcastic comment, that's when it should have ended. And it's atrocious that he had to spend five months in jail because his bond is at $500,000, because he's poor and he can't get out of jail. That's the problem that we have with, with, with what has happened to Justin. So the, the, is the problem the law here or the way the law is being handled by lo local prosecutors? In my opinion, it's the way that the law is being applied. We need to have tough laws that protect the community. We need to have law enforcement that are vigilant and that, that look at these threats very seriously. But thinking that Justin is a, a terrorist or a criminal, or, or the things he said were criminal, is just plain wrong. He has a First Amendment right to express himself on the Internet. He did not threaten anyone. He made a stupid comment. And the problem is, lots of people all over this country, young and old, make, make stupid, comments. stupid comments. And uh, are we going to prosecute all of those? Are we going to investigate all of those? Jack, um, this is just... Jack, my understanding here is that a plea deal has been offered of eight years, and he's still facing ten years. I mean, how do you get your head around what Justin's facing now, even now that he's out of jail? You, you can't wrap your head around it. It's been the most surreal thing uh, that's happened to our family or, or anyone that I know. We, we literally, to, to this day, I, I still can't believe that it's happening, and, and the whole thing just seems ridiculous to me. Having... Being thrown into jail at 19 years old into general population, uh, I can't imagine that was uh, an easy experience for Justin. What were those four months in jail like for him? They, they were absolute hell. He, he was uh, tormented. Uh, all of his stuff was stolen. He was uh, beaten, jumped. Uh, they moved him around. They, they put him in uh, isolation uh, naked for a couple days on end for, because he was depressed. Um, uh, it's... It, it, it had to have been extremely scarring to him, and uh, you know now that he's out, I just I just want to get working on you know fixing it and getting it going, you know getting him better. He now still faces these charges. Uh, what what is the statute that he is being charged under, Don? He's being charged with terroristic threats. Um, there's it, it's a felony. It's a serious felony. It's akin to making a bomb threat. Um, he's being charged with putting a substantial part of the public in fear of, of, of violence. And that's not what he did. He answered a, 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 an, an argument to, from someone else, and this is being taken way out of proportion. Yeah, and no one would have you know, seen this uh, if, if it weren't screen-grabbed and, and sent to the authorities. It's not like he right. made a call into the local basketball no. stadium and said there's a bomb there, right? I mean, there, this, this, this is something that was not being broadly displayed. It was essentially between two people. That's right. It, it wasn't even meant for public uh, right. consumption. It was between arguing individuals. No different than if we were standing in line and you, and you and I were arguing and someone overheard us. It's not meant to go out to the public. It's meant to be sarcastic to another person. It's not a, it's not a public threat. Um, and he's now, finally we've released it, we've got him out, but he spent five months of his life in jail over this. Jack Carter, Justin Carter's father, and Don Flannery, the attorney. Five months I, in I prison. Gentlemen, good luck. Five months in prison over a sarcastic remark. This is outrageous. I mean, this is what we've come down to in this country, really, where we're putting people in jail for making sarcastic remarks. I mean, has the New World Order finally taken over? Is it officially the beginning of the end? When you can't even make a stupid remark. You know how many stupid remarks I've made in my life? 
You know how many stupid remarks I make in my life on a daily basis? I mean, if that's the case, I think a lot of us are going to be in prison. Now, the the absurdity of this uh, whole thing is the fact that uh, it, he was on a one-on-one conversation with somebody, and that one-on-one conversation turned into him going to jail for months. He might face 8 to 10 years for this stupid, sarcastic remark. Again, the absurd, just a waste of tax dollars. And if you guys want to sign this petition, head on over to my Facebook uh, page just to make it easier on you guys. I, I linked it on there. Facebook.com forward slash The Jackal's Head. That's T-H-A-J-A-C-K-A-L-S-H-E-A-D. The Jackal's Head, all one word. And uh, it's posted right on there. You can check out the link. Please sign a petition. It has over 200,000 signatures at the moment. I think it's at 215,000 uh, signatures. And now, yes, the court system moves very, very slow, and Lady Justice is a very slow woman. Uh, Lady Justice is taking so long that it doesn't look like the, this case is going to be uh, actually started until October 24th now. So we're still a couple of weeks away from it starting. And uh, it, it's this trial is ridiculous. I mean, the first thing I would do is uh, have a motion to throw this out of court as soon as it goes to trial. I mean, no judge, no self-respecting judge can let this go to trial. None. I mean, if you if you are a self-respecting judge and you let this go to trial, you should be completely. I mean, you should you should lose your job. Honestly, anybody who prosecutes this kid should just lose his job. Now, while I agree that anybody who makes these kind of remarks in a public forum uh, should be looked at and investigated and even kept an eye on, because you never know who is crazy enough to actually do something like this, and uh, like what happened at Sandy Hook, you never know who's crazy enough to do that kind of stuff. But at the same time, until somebody does a crime, how can you put him in jail for 8 to 10 years? For making a stupid, a stupid remark. And it wasn't even like it was meant to be in public. Like, like they said in the audio, it was meant to be private between him and another person. So how can they possibly prosecute this guy? I mean, are we putting people in prison now for pre-trial or pre-crime? Like in Minority Report? Is that what's going on here? Has Minority Report actually come to pass? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really, really ridiculous, man. That's the kind of stuff that, that's happening in our country. And they say that the justice system is not broken. It's it's broken, man. Let me tell you, it's very, very broken. Uh, another uh, news report here says, Michael Douglas admits that he actually lied about his uh, throat cancer and said he actually didn't have throat cancer. Like he said, he actually had tongue cancer. Weird. I don't know. Why would you lie about that? Throat, tongue, what's the difference? I mean... In an interview with, this is weird, it says here, uh, Michael Douglas is coming clean in an interview with Samuel L. Jackson on the UK talk show this morning. The uh, 69-year-old admitted that the type of cancer he battled in 2010 was not stage 4 throat cancer. He was actually diagnosed with tongue cancer. Uh, this is right before I had to go uh, on a big tour for Wall Street, the movie, uh, the sequel. So we kind of said there's no way we can we can cancel this tour. And I'll say that we don't feel, that he doesn't feel well, so he explained. So, you know, I said, uh, you just got to come on and just tell them that I got cancer, and that's that. Uh, Douglas revealed, uh, I don't know why he just didn't come on and say that he had tongue cancer. 
but he said they had uh, he revealed his diagnosis in August 2010, but decided to keep his tongue cancer a secret after the doctor who found a walnut-sized tumor in his on the base of his tongue revealed that the surgery could impact his appearance in a major way. The surgeon said, uh, "Let uh, let's just say that it's." It's throat cancer, and uh, Douglas said, explaining that the uh, doctor told him that if they uh, had to do surgery for tongue cancer, it's not going to be pretty, and that he faced uh, losing part of his jaw and tongue. So Douglas kept his secret just in case he had to go under the knife. Now, don't you think that people are going to realize that you lied after? If let's just say you know, God forbid, you had to go through that kind of uh, surgery and you lost your tongue and your jaw, which is kind of like what happened, uh, well, he had it worse, but Roger Ebert lost his whole lower jaw, and, you know, he had really bad, you know, experiences before he passed uh, with the cancer that he had, and, you know, fortunately for him, they were able to, to take it out and cure him, but, of course, he lived uh, very badly for a few years, and then he passed away. Um, now, people are going to realize what's going on. Why lie about it? I think you will get more sympathy from the audience of anything if you tell them, look, I have this cancer. Now, he kind of looked like kind of sleazy, because for a while, he even said that he got the cancer in his throat from sleeping or going down on his wife, Catherine Sita Jones. Because if going down on your wife gives you throat cancer, my God. Think about that for a second. Woo! Again, but why lie? That's a, It's so ridiculous to lie about that. It makes no sense to me why he would lie about it. But uh, there you go. He came clean, and uh, it, it appears that Michael Douglas uh, didn't get throat cancer from going down on his wife. He had tongue cancer from going down on uh, Matt Damon. Anyway, moving on. And this is a real interesting piece of news here. It says here, Miley Cyrus, and by the way, I saw this one coming. I've been talking about it for a long time. I knew this would happen. Miley Cyrus finally has been offered $1 million to do porn. Well, kind of. Uh, the deal is actually for her to direct an adult flick. What? Exactly. I don't know what that unless you want to be a director, but an adult film company is offering Miley Cyrus a million dollars of a porn deal to get her behind the camera and direct a triple X flick. Game Link, an online adult uh, store founded in 1993 before the internet was even popular, uh, that dubs itself as one of the leading international online retailers of adult entertainment, wants Cyrus to direct a porn flick for a cool cost of only $1 million. That's how much they're paying her. According to TMZ, the company called her uh, an empowered and unapologetic woman who could use this opportunity to really show the world she's not a little girl anymore. Now, in a letter sent to the singer's camp on, on October 9th, so just recently, obtained by TMZ, I don't know how they get their hands on this kind of stuff, but GameLink wrote in that quote here, We believe that as an empowered 21st century woman, you're the ideal choice to show the world your vision. Oh, boy. Uh, as an artist in the world of adult entertainment, GameLink would like to offer you the very lucrative opportunity to direct an adult film, giving you full creative control for $1 million. Reps of the Game Link in Cyrus uh, were not immediately available for comment. Uh, this isn't even the first time the pop star has been offered a gig in the adult industry, actually. Last year, after Cyrus filmed the music video with uh, DJ uh, Borgors, uh, Borgors, Borgors, the video was called Decisions, uh, featuring porn star Jesse Andrews. Sex.com offered the uh, com uh, effort to compensate her extremely well if she agreed to film a softcore girl-on-girl makeout session with Andrews. She didn't quite bite at that whether Cyrus would actually take 
most uh, the most recent deal she's, seems really highly unlikely. Uh, she certainly doesn't need the money, and of course she's very well off and very rich. Um, and directing porn probably wouldn't add much to her artistic credibility, even though she's kind of going in the slutty route, kind of Madonna-ish. So it might actually work in her favor, kind of like this would be like the, what Madonna would do today. If she was her age, you know what I mean? Uh, if she would get that kind of chance. I'm sure Madonna would have done it. And Miley Cyrus, all these pop stars, they're all like Madonna wannabes anyway. So why not? Necessary whether Cyrus would actually take it. It's not. It's highly unlikely. But like I said, I think she might actually go for it. She is trying to be like Madonna. Now, still, the Wrecking Ball singer does have a penchant for shocking people. And she has some experience in the NSFW realm. Aside of, uh, from her naked, sledgehammering, licking performance in the video Wrecking Ball, Cyrus also posed for a series of risque photos for photographer Terry Richardson. And risque is not even the word. They're extremely naughty pictures. You guys can look them up on Google, I'm sure, and find them. Just uh, put Miley Cyrus and Terry Richardson. So there you go. Miley Cyrus has been offered a million dollars for a porn directorial debut. I say go for it, Miley. Why not? Guys, we're going to be back in a couple minutes here on Inside the Jackal's Head on PSN Radio. And uh, before we go, I want to have my good friend Doug Jones tell you guys a little something because uh, he needs your help right now. See, he's trying to get funding or trying to get people to help him uh, vote for him so they can get an award for a uh, online show that he has. Check this out. This is directly from Doug Jones. Please listen to this. We're going to be right back with Dennis Reno. Hello, I'm Doug Jones, coming to you from Vancouver, where I'm currently filming my hit buddy cop TV series, Falling Skies. I'm sorry about the bad internet connection, but Canada. Many of you, well, some of you, 12 of you, may know me from starring in the minor miracle of a web series, Research. And as always... We need your help. Research is up for the Viewer's Choice Award at ATL WebFest. The cool part about this award is that it's decided by you, the viewing public. I need you to go vote for research so I can win an award. And I, I really need my awards. How can you help? First, just click the link in the description below, like... ATL WebFest's Facebook page. It's going to ask you for permission to access your Facebook info. Nothing to worry about here. It's just standard Facebook procedure. Now, once that's done, all you have to do is click Vote at the bottom of Research's page. And you're done. You can vote every 24 hours, so please do. To review, click the link below, like ATL WebFest, click Okay, vote for research. Next, you'll need to print and sign a form waiving any liability in case you get hurt while voting. But there's almost no chance of that happening. And that's pretty much it. All you have to do from there is just type in your home address. Simple enough. And be there sometime between the hours of 8 and 12 over the next two weeks. A van's going to come by and take a quick DNA sample. Okay, we got all that? So, like ATL WebFest, click Yes. Vote for research, sign liability form, fill out address, be home 8 to noon over the next two weeks, give Paco your DNA. Finally, 
you'll be receiving a tiny wooden coffin in the mail. Inside, you'll find a raven's quill. Take that raven's quill and draw an angry goat on the parchment provided. This just signifies that you're willing to give up your firstborn child. Tiny little signature in blood, a few invasive surgical procedures, and you're done. Isn't that simple? So please vote for us. It'd really mean a lot. What's that? Why should you vote for us? Well... I've entered into a little bargain with some sort of a minor spirit stating that it gets to feast on my flesh if we lose. But if we win, we get the respect of our peers and a shiny award. It's not really that good of a deal, but our spirit lawyers aren't that good. Please help us, won't you? Click the link below. Like ATL WebFest. Click yes. Vote for research. All that other stuff. Keep me from being eaten alive by an evil spirit. That's all I ask. Thank you. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head here on PSN Radio. If you guys are listening in on Shotcast, make your way over to the website psn-radio.com. All new layout, by the way. Just uh, freshened up the uh, the theme there and looks really, really pimping now. Real nice stuff. So please check out the website, go in the chat room, and join us. We're uh, empty in there right now, but a lot of people listening in. So I know if you're listening in, make your way over to the chat room immediately. If you want to call in, the number is 786-245-8127. Open lines tonight for Mr. Dennis Reno, the ufologist cartoonist. How you doing, my friend? Welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head. Oh, thank you, thank you. Doing fine, doing fine. Always a blast to have you on here, man. Tell us uh, what you've been up to, bro. We haven't had you on in a while. What have I been up to? Uh, old age is settling in. That's what I've been up to. Oh, yeah. I hear you on that, man. <laughs> but then again, the alternative is no fun, so I'll stick nope, with getting that, old. The alternative is uh, lights out. That's no fun at all. Yeah, yeah. So when you, uh, what new uh, tunes have you uh, come up with in the last few months uh, since we last talked? I know you've been working your butt off. Well, the tunes are usually the ufologist tunes and the uh, new paranormal website I started, Greystone Hotel. Nice. Wait, 
do caricatures of ghost talk, ghost hunters. That's fun. Nice. Uh, so you're you're finally transitioning over to uh, the ghost hunters. That's yeah, I'm using both. I'm using both. Both we follow cool. different ghosts. That's all paranormal. Playing with what the idea you... of combining both both websites into one, but. Uh, well, that, that's kind of hard because it's two different names: ufologists, ghost hunters. What do you prefer, actually? Like, you know, what, what genre do you prefer, ufology or or ghost? Because you know they, as you know, they are both kind of in the paranormal field. But ufologists don't really like to associate with the ghost community that much, and they, they kind of like keep themselves a little bit separate there. Uh, which one do you prefer? I prefer ufology. I talk to people in the ghost hunting field, and I ask them, I said, "Do spirits dissipate after a while?" Because never hear anybody seeing the ghost of a caveman. You know? That's true. No, no caveman ghost. They go back to the Civil War, but nobody goes back to a caveman. Nobody's seen the caveman walk across their yard. I, I, my, my thing is, my theory is, if those little greys are messing with our minds, they created us, they put us here, we're an experiment for them, and all these ghosts, I believe, are things that they they created for us. They have fun with it. You know what I mean? Well, you, you, know what my, you know what my take on it is, uh, Dennis? This is kind of what I've always thought. If you want to believe in aliens and, and they, they that they seeded us here on Earth or they created us in their image, their likeness, whatever... I believe that over the years, uh, people who've had sort of encounters with maybe little gray guys has misinterpreted what they were seeing and thought and thought they were demons or ghosts through all like through all like the last several hundred years, maybe the last two three thousand years. Mythologies that we've you know come up with like leprechauns, ghosts, demons are really nothing but mi- misinterpretations of people looking at, at potentially aliens that maybe were abducting them and they just were freaking out and didn't know how to you know wrap around their mind. On what they were seeing, because honestly, two, three, four hundred years ago, the concept of aliens to somebody is completely foreign. They will not understand how to put that together. So, it, you know, right. they would try to explain it as what you know they could possibly understand. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. You know, how do you explain it if you've never seen it before? Exactly. So your mind will be like, well, you know, I believe in the Bible, and the Bible says there's ghosts, demons, and all kinds of creepy crawlers in the afterlife, so this must be one of those things. Next thing you know, you have an entire mythology. Then you have some other guy in another part of the world who has the same experience with an alien, and all of a sudden, he thinks that he, that he saw something, and it becomes a shadow being. You know, right. and that's kind of like how these mythologies uh, kind of get created. By the way, that's a shout-out to Art Bell, who created the, the whole shadow being phenomenon years and years ago who is back on air now how exciting is that you know you you follow ufology just like i do art bell is back what do you think of art bell returning on dark matter radio i think it's great a couple weeks ago my son came down here to visit us and i took him to the airport charlotte airport early in the morning and i i knew where art bell was i had my radio on and then turned it on it's 5 a.m and there he was it was great he still got the same music from cusco yep it's just it's just he's just great he had, uh, who the hell did he have for a guest on uh, Seth from Sedai? Yeah, the uh, Shaw's, uh, Shawstack. Seth Shawstack yeah. from uh, Seth. He had him on. Yep. And, uh, the first week was epic, man. He had Richard C. Hoagland on, Dr. Greer, uh, Seth Shawstack. I mean, he had a, a lot of good people on that first week. Yeah, I love listening to him. He's, he's good. He's good. He's the I used man. I to listen to him all the time when I was working. I used to have to go to work at 4 a.m. and. Now we're driving, so I'm on the radio, listen to Art Bell all the way to my job. It was great. 
that's probably where I first started really getting an interest in ufology. Kind of shocking that he came back after all the, this time off, though, isn't it? I mean, I never really thought they would get Art Bell back on the air. That kind of, it's weird. I don't think he was going to be away for too long. And he had his little time. He went to the Philippines and enjoyed the summer weather. Uh, it was, it's in his blood. He just couldn't do it. He had to yeah. get back into it. What I love is he left the Philippines, came back to the Kingdom of Nye, or the desert yeah. in Vegas. And uh, he's back in his little home, and, and uh, you know he's back in his studio, and he said, you know what, I'm firing it up again. And he just started all over again. It is awesome having him having him back on cuz in all honesty, you know, he wasn't the first who did this kind of radio, but he was possibly the the best voice this type of radio ever gave. I mean, he he is that voice. You, you know, every genre has like that one person, you know, like baseball has Babe Ruth, right. for example. Basketball has Michael Jordan. You know, uh radio paranormal radio or ufology radio has Art Bell. Like that's the guy, you know, that we all kind of strive to be like. Uh, and, you know, and it's awesome having him back. I don't know how long he'll be back on for, but hopefully he's on for for a long run because his show was phenomenal, dude. I mean, he he inspired everybody who does this kind of stuff now on the internet. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, you know, he's on early in the morning. I wish he was on later in the day, or I wish they had his his, his shows taped so we could hear him later on. You yeah, you gotta have one of those. Uh, you gotta have one of those serious uh, XM accounts to listen to it. Oh uh, yeah, I've got a serious radio, but I can't find them. I listen all day long everywhere I can find them. I don't find them on that in the Indies. He's on the Indies toys station. Yeah, I can't find yeah, him. He is. You know what? Go to his website, artbell.com, and uh, free plug, artbell.com. Uh, go there, and uh, I'm sure you could find your way onto his uh, channel from there. I'm pretty sure he has it posted on there. I'll do that. I'll do that. Artbell.com, great stuff. Now, you know, what's uh, I mean, has there been anything lately in ufology that's kind of caught your attention? I know you and I like to, you know, shoot the shit every once in a while on what's going on with the world of ufology, but other than Art Bell's return, has there been anything that's really caught your attention recently? No, nothing really. I just, I mean, that MUFON Journal caught my attention because they're going to start using like caricatures on a monthly basis. I like that idea. It's been kind of slow though, right, in ufology? Are you fired? It's been a little bit slow uh, as of late in the world of ufology. Yeah, it has, really kind much, of been, yeah. it has been slow. A lot of the interviews and a lot of the... It's just, it's just like the same old... Nobody knew has popped into the scene. Yeah. Well, the last guy who popped in there was still somebody new was uh, Giorgio Tukulus with his crazy hair. Who? Exactly. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy hair? Is that Giorgio, right? Giorgio Tukulus with his crazy hair. Yeah, Giorgio Tukulus. Oh, that's what you said. Okay, Tukulus. All right, yeah. <laughs> that was the last guy I, that I can remember who was uh, fresh on the scene, so to speak, you know, in, in ufology. And uh, I have, like, very little respect for any of the stuff that goes on the Ancient Aliens program anyway because a lot of that stuff is bananas and yeah, bonkers I... and, and full of uh, made make-belief. And it's, that's more sci-fi and science fiction than Star Wars, for crying out loud, the stuff they put on there. Yeah, I know you don't care much for it. You've told me that. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it, it is like funny. It. I like watching it. Yeah, it's, no, it's good entertainment if you, if you don't mind the uh, the fact that it's fictional. You know, if, if you want to get some factual information, I wouldn't recommend watching it. Yeah, what's this drinking game they have? They're doing an uh, ancient astronaut theorist. Get yourself some whiskey or beer or something and watch that program, and every time they say, as ancient astronaut theor theorists, <laughs> whatever, 
And every time they say that, take a drink. See how long yeah. it lasts. You'd be uh, pretty. Dr- you'd be pretty drunk pretty quickly, my friend. Yeah, fifteen minutes. That's about it. <laughs> I tried it one night. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Have you ever been to uh, ancient astronaut? Uh, ancient astronaut debunked. I believe uh, it's alien. Ancient aliens debunked. Uh, the website dot com. Have you ever been there? No, I never heard of it. Oh, you you've never heard of ancient aliens debunked dot com? Nope. If you go there, you'll probably have to drink a little bit more if you keep playing that game because they they replay a lot of the stuff over and over where they say ancient aliens. So you get really drunk in about three minutes. But it's an awesome website because it completely like debunks everything that they they talk about on that show and it tells you where they're lying where they're kind of stretching some truths it's a very cool website it's a very good documentary also it's a there's a whole full things like two or three hour movie called uh, ancient yeah. aliens debunked yeah it's a really really well put together uh, piece of film uh they you know when you see that you're like yeah really Giorgio? like you he comes off like a clown after you watch that like, you, like i lost all respect for him after watching that Debunked video. Oh. Really did. Oh, he's a nice guy. You, you, you see him on, on the TV, and he's actually so sophisticated with the brown suit and the tie. And <laughs> really sophisticated. And then he has that goofy hair. And the goofy hair, yeah. But <laughs> I know when I did a cartoon of him, a caricature of him, and I asked him if he wanted the original because he saw it. You know, expected somebody that sophisticated to say, "Well, yeah, that'd be nice." He says, "Wait, dude." <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we got a California surfer here. <laughs> he, he, where is he from? Because he has an accent. I don't think he's actually Californian. No, but the way he answered that, you were out the original. Wait, dude. Right. <laughs> Good. It's funny. I like it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's a very, yeah. very nice guy. So was Jeffrey Dahmer, by the way. Very nice guy. Who? He, Jeffrey he Dahmer? Ate he ate people, though. That's the only difference. Yeah, well, somebody ate him in prison. <laughs> yeah, they did, actually. They got rid of him pretty quick. I don't think Giorgio yeah. Tukulus were, uh, would last in prison, though, either. So That's another thing. I think. I think that's another thing him and Jeffrey Dahmer have in common. Either one would last very long in prison. Oh, my goodness. We'll pick on Giorgio. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Now, have you ever come across, you know, doing the ufology tunes, have you ever come across people that you really just dislike? Uh, and you're and you're like you know what? But I, I have to kind of draw this person because he is a big figure in ufology. Yeah, uh, there's a few people that you know politics, ufology, and I they've like I'll give you an example. One guy posted a Facebook deal. I like the kid that's in jail, but he posted something on Facebook, and he was my Facebook friend. I did a caricature of him, and ended up on my website and on his uh, radio uh, internet page. And one day he posted something on his web on his uh, Facebook page that was about Obama, and President Obama was a complete lie. You know, one of these right wing lies. So I just questioned right. him on it. I just came back at him on it. Well, he pulled a right wing teabag and bully attitude with me. Told me to mind my own business. And, yeah, tell me to mind my own business. Stay off his damn website. Don't you know? I don't like what he says. I'm not to bother with it. And I said, if you just post it and I see it and I think it's a lie, I'm going to comment on it. So he blocked me. No big deal. No I kidding. Said, fine. Yeah, it's fine. So I, uh, I'm trying to always block anyway, so it didn't matter. So I took his, took his caricature off, my, off the website. He followed this website. Just yanked him off. 
Wow, is he is he somebody that we would know? Like, is he a, a known ufologist? If I gave you his name, you'd know him. <laughs> the good part <laughs> is that earlier this week I got a a request from the uh, station he's on, whatever the, the internet radio program he's on. They wanted uh-huh. to know if I could do, redo his caricature and this other guy he's on with, so that they could use it with a different banner. And I said no. <laughs> I told them, you know, I told them why. I said I'm not going to be bullied. I'm too. I've been around too long, and I'm too old to be bullied by people like you that. You know what, what I love about the right wing, uh, Dennis, and this is. Uh, trips me the hell out man and no matter how many of them i come across and i know a few of them myself and i've had issues similar to that anytime you oppose any opinion they have or you question something they they post somewhere they're they really like become bullies man they like completely go at you and they'll they'll go as far as defending you or i mean they really take whatever comment is against their views so personal that it's almost like you're insulting their mother i know i have some friends yeah i have some friends that are on the right, far right, and we don't agree on politics, but we're not, we, don't, we don't yell at each other. You know, I'll right. tell a certain guy, you're an idiot for what you believe, you'll say you're dumb for what you believe. Okay, then when we're done, big deal. You know, that's over. But some people just take it so seriously. And he's not the only one I got on friend of There's three or four other people I blocked and yanked off the website. That's ridiculous. Now, how many people have, uh, have you done now in total? How many ufologists have you done? I lost count after about 300. Oh, wow. Who knew there was that many people involved in the world of ufology, huh? No, I didn't think there was that many. When I started this <laughs> website, I figured I'll probably do about 50 or 60, then I could just leave it alone and let it float around the Internet. <laughs> no way. You're probably no like at way. 600. And so, you know, the thing is, it's one of those fields where just about anybody can get involved because there's really no like place to go sign up and say, oh, I want to be a ufologist and I'm going to sign up for a program. No, it's like anybody who really just dedicates their time to talking about it on radio or, or doing videos or whatever. I mean, anybody who really can become a ufologist. Like I said, the, the closest I guess to signing up for anything will be like MUFON if you want to become a MUFON member. Uh, but nowadays, yeah. who the hell even wants to do that, really? You know, MUFON is... Kind of like out there, but you know nobody even worries about MUFON as much as they used to back in the day. Uh, but really, that's really the, as close as the you know, the ufology has to kind of like a a structure or uh, or some sort of thing you could sign up to become sort of known in ufology. But other than that, if you do a radio podcast like mine and you interview enough people in the world of ufologists and the ufology, I guess I'm considered a ufologist now. And of course, I you know you did my caricature, so I am officially a ufologist uh, because of you. Yeah. Yeah, you, you made are. me official. You made me official, by the way. <laughs> You're an official ufologist cartoon. Uh, until then, I just felt like an outsider, Dennis. And... <laughs> yeah, you're a tool. I know. <laughs> now, now, you've done my cartoon a couple times here, three times, I think, actually. Uh, who else have you done multiple times like that? Is that something that uh, that you're in the habit of doing, or am I special? No, you're not special. You're not special. <laughs> Damn it. I, I look at the... <laughs> I, if you go on my webpage, I get... Uh, Enough of ufologists. I'll be looking through it, and sometimes I'll see somebody that, well, I, I don't like the old style where I did it ink and I colored it in with marker. And I, right now, what I do is I, I do a black and white drawing and I color it in with computer. Hmm. Okay. Like you, your latest one is all computerized. Oh, okay. So, so you Photoshop I, it? No, not Photoshop. It's uh, called Bamboo. Oh, okay. Bamboo, uh, I haven't heard of that program, Bamboo. I'm yeah, that's, that aside. Look it's a drawing pad. 
Uh, oh, okay. Some people use the bamboo and they draw the picture with the bamboo, but I can't do that yet. I just I do the pen and ink, I scan the picture, and then I take the pen and ink and color it in. Have you ever thought of doing like a, a comic book uh, version of your ufology cartoons, like ufologist comic book? Uh, no, I, I don't want to do comic books. That's, that's too involved. I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a single panel cartoonist. But think about it. You do a, a whole, you could do an entire series on Giorgio Tukalus and his crazy hair, and do an entire like uh, series on the ancient aliens going after some kind of alien artifact or something like that. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you guys redos. That's it. I just don't have the patience to. Do well, you, I don't even like doing comic strips, four panels. That's too much. Oh yeah, you're not into the whole comic book, uh, this, the whole uh, putting panels together and stripping them together and stuff. No, I'm not into that at all. Not one bit. Uh, From my days of of political cartooning. Single panel, I said. It's funny, you're talking about uh, getting into politics uh, or an argument in politics earlier with uh, that gentleman uh, in ufology. Uh, Is politics something you're really interested in? I mean, uh, have you you ever thought of doing any uh, political cartoons? I used to do them up until about three years ago. And then I just, when I started doing the ufology, I just gave up. I, I quit doing, I was doing political cartooning, freelancing, and I had a political cartoon job on a local paper up north. And I just gave it up. That really? was three years ago. Yeah, that was three years ago, up until recently. And a year and a half ago, I moved down here to North Carolina. And it was March of last year. And in February, November came the election, and... I didn't vote for anything, anybody local because I didn't know anything. I figured the locals will take care of themselves. I voted <laughs> for national. And I'm not going to vote straight Democrat because there's Republicans I like and the Democrats I don't like. So I wasn't going to do that. I just vote for the president and let the locals take care of their own. What a bunch of dummies. Yeah, and they got that <sighs> one probably. Oh, unbelievable. This is a good state has the worst voter suppression law that's ever been passed. You know, I was actually uh, I was actually up in North Carolina um, about five years ago, almost six years ago, with my brother. We were doing a road sale up there. It's not a bad state. I mean, it's it's a pretty decent area. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like I'll tell you what the driving it? up the driving up there is much better than here in Miami, Florida, guaranteed. Then what? We got horrible better drivers than... out here. Horrible drivers. Oh, up here. No, down here in Florida, Miami, the, the driving up there is no, much no, better. No. The drivers here are terrible. They're worse than Massachusetts people. No, they're worse, well, than, Canadi- have, they're worse than Canadians. You, you haven't they been have to Miami, rest- my friend. Miami, I think, okay. is the most. Uh, Miami is the most epically worst driving area on the, on the planet. Uh, the national lights are optional here. <laughs> Try to figure out where I'm going, and if you can't text while you're driving, you shouldn't be driving. What? Unbelievable! Scary. Well. Yeah, you know that should be common uh, common sense. Uh, don't text while you're driving, right? Yeah, right. You're right. Common sense. You would figure okay. people have common sense. Well, this is a country that uh, reelected George Bush, but uh, common sense is uh, maybe not our strong suit down here. Guys, we're live with Dennis Reno. If you want to call in, open lines. You can ask Dennis any questions you like. Seven eight six two four five eight one two seven is the call in number. Once again, you're live on PSN Radio with Inside the Jackal's Head and. The guest tonight, Mr. Dennis Reno, the ufologist, cartoonist himself. And now, like you said earlier, you've turned your attentions over to Ghost in the Paranormal. 
And shockingly, you used to do political cartoons. I'm so shocked by that. You know, but I, it, I got but it makes sense. It down here. <laughs> I had but to. It makes they, sense. They egged me into it. <laughs> they pushed me back. I got a part-time gig on a local paper doing cartoons. <laughs> I would love to see, week. like, I would love to see what, like, an Obama-drawn uh, sketch would look like from you. Breaking up. What was that again? Then I would like to see you do like an Obama sketch, like you know, an Obama cartoon. Oh, that's that's easy. That's easy. Big ears, big ears and a short haircut. Yeah, there you go. Big ears and a short haircut. I was about to say. <laughs> I did that big when he was elected like president. People got mad at me saying I was like, didn't like the way I picked on the president. Come on, I voted for him. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You, done, you voted for him twice, or, I mean, did you vote for him the first time, or uh, did he win you over and then you voted for him the second time? I voted for him twice. I'm going to vote for Mitt Romney. Come on. Yeah, no Give kidding. Me a break. <laughs> can, can you imagine how, like, shit we would have been in right now if Mitt Romney would have won? I mean, seriously? Well, you know, a lot of people don't believe it. If Mitt would have won, we'd have been so far better off now. Yeah, right. I can't understand these people I would have voted for Romney who are hurting... I think he would have helped them. What do you, you know? What do you think of uh, the government shutdown going on? <laughs> I think that teabagger should go home. They should take him up to Boston and throw him off a ship. What that you means. know? Has has the impact hit you yet? I mean, has uh, the actual shutdown hit you in any way, shape, or form? Has it impacted your life? Well, I on medic, I'm medic, social security. So we'll see what happens. Is that going to be protected? That's actually a good question. Is uh, Social Security protected under the, the shutdown? It's supposed to be protected, but who knows? You know, but like I told people, it, you know who they're messing with if they cut, stop the Social Security payment? They're messing with the people who were the children of the 60s. Right. We're, we're now the seniors. Do you want us getting our Geritol and walkers and marching on Washington? No. It's not going to be pretty. We already had the one million men march, and now we would have the one million walker march. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it won't be pretty. I guarantee it wouldn't be pretty. One million old people marching in, in Washington. You don't want that. You yeah. just do not want that. And, and you know what's funny? They, what I, what yeah. I love, Dennis, is how they try to make it seem like it's Obama's fault that they did the shutdown when it's clearly the fault of the Republican Congress. Clearly. Yeah, the House of Representatives. The president can't shut down the government. The House of Representatives can, and they have. And, and he, the reasoning is so retarded. I mean, it really is, Dennis. Yeah. Beta, he's an idiot. What's he worried about anyway? Ted Cruz, <laughs> friggin' Canadian. I'm Canadian. Yeah. I got a few words in French for that son of a... What I love is the, the reasoning that they say, well, well, you know, we're shutting down the government because, well, we don't agree with Obamacare. That's really what it's all about, so the, the Health Care Reform Act. You know, they don't want Obamacare to be implemented. Well, then you should not have voted it through the House originally. Yeah, well, American people voted for it. I mean, American people I'm voted for it, it went through the House, it passed their voting. You know what I love is after they, they voted for it, they were like, well, you know, we actually didn't read what was in Obamacare. We just we just kind of passed it along. We didn't read it. I don't care. These, it's a law. Shut up. These are the people no. that are running the country. Yeah. It's a dumb region, Washington, D.C. Scary crap, I tell you. Scary. No kidding. Terrifying, really. Those are our elected leaders. Yeah, here's the thing, though: a government shutdown. 
you know, I had this conversation with somebody at a Walgreens uh, recently where I went to buy some stuff, and uh, they charged me, and I saw the tax, and I was like, wait a second, isn't the government shut down? They're like, yeah. Well, why do we got to pay taxes on our groceries or anything we buy? The government's shut down. Who are we paying taxes to? The IRS is it. Well, that's true, but the, the the whole federal, you know, they're they're kind of involved in the whole shutdown, aren't they? Yeah, like, yeah, they shut down. But somebody has to pay Congress's bill. I mean, they're still getting paid. <laughs> yeah, that's the crazy part, isn't it? They're still getting paid, so we're yeah. still paying their salary with our taxes, and they're shut down. So oh, yeah. they're getting paid to sit home and uh, basically do nothing. Yeah, I know, but you know, some of them said they gave up their pay for the time being. But you know, those few Republicans said that. A couple Democrats said, no, I ain't going to give up my pay like Debbie Watson and Schultz was asked. You give up your pay, daughter? Said, no. She said, no. Okay. Be <laughs> that one. Well, it wasn't, I'm pretty sure she wasn't one that wanted to go into the shutdown. Uh, why would you have to no. give up your pay if it wasn't your idea to go into a shutdown? It was the Republican half that wanted. The thing is, the Republican half is the majority right now. And being yeah. the majority, they have the, the authority to shut down the government, even if the Democrats uh, who are in Congress don't want it to get shut down. You can oppose it, but the majority rules. The majority rules, no, the minority rules. Those 20 or 30 teabaggers are running the show. Yeah, no kidding. Those damn teabaggers. Yeah. Idiots. Idiots. Yeah, no kidding. You know, it's funny, Dennis, but uh, the the more I, I listen to, like, right-wing radio, and the more I listen to, like, people like Rush and Glenn Beck, the more I understand what the problem is in this country. Right-wing radio. The the teabaggers are fueled by the idiots on right-wing radio and all the BS they spew out there. It's like it's amazing to me how how on AM radio and on a lot of these radio talk shows they're still going on about oh Obama's not even really American. Really? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like the dude has proved it. Like I don't know how many times that he he was born in and where he said he was born in Hawaii. Like he has paperwork. He proved it. You know. I understand why the president at first was kind of hesitant. Insuring his, uh, his maybe his birth certificate or whatever, because you really shouldn't have to ask him that. Yeah. It's one of those things that like they didn't ask George Bush publicly to you know disclose that kind of information or his school records or whatever. Nobody asks. That's like private information, man. Like if he's able to run, it's because he is a natural born citizen. Yeah, his dad was from Kenya, Africa. Big sh- big deal. Yeah. Guess what? Everybody in this country really isn't from this country. I don't care if you were yeah. born in this country. Your ancestors are not from this country. Fact. It is also the, the whole little thing that they're all related anyway. That's kind of crazy, isn't it, Dennis? All the presidents. Yeah, the only problem I have with Obama is when he got elected the first time, he was a rookie. He didn't know how to handle them. He kept yeah, giving in too yeah. many times. Trying to be a nice guy. You don't be a nice guy. You're in there. You're a politician. Be a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> And he was uh, he was he was in there like uh, a deer caught in headlights for the first couple of years, really, because he like you said he was kind of a rookie, didn't really know what he was doing. But at the same time, he did pretty well. I mean, hey, the world has not come to an end. Uh, you know, yes, there's been a few minor incidents here and there, but there has been no no attacks on this country uh, like 9/11 since Obama has taken office. Uh, he captured Osama bin Laden and killed him. Well, he didn't do it personally, but, uh, you know, he, it was under his presidency uh, that that happened. So, you know, the guy's done a pretty decent job considering he inherited a, con, you know, a continuing growing mess left here by yeah, Bush he, and, and by the Republicans. I mean, he it, inherited it. 
It was a disaster, a disaster what he inherited. Yeah, it was a disaster what he inherited. So he's done pretty decent considering uh, what he inherited. I mean, really, you got to kind of like tip your hat off to what Obama's been able to do in the last uh, six years, four years, whatever. Yeah. I, I would say four years because really, like I said, the first year and a half, two years, he was kind of like feeling his way across, you know, like like a newborn coming out of the womb, just trying to feel your way across and just trying to like feel the air and see what's going on and, you know, Make sure you pee on the nurse. That's what I think Obama was trying to do. He was just trying to pee on the nurse. And the Republicans were the nurse. <laughs> yep, exactly. Guys, we're going to okay. uh, go to a quick commercial break. We're coming up here on break in about two minutes. Uh, we're going to be right back with more Dennis Reno. Of course, if you guys want to call in, please do so. 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. Uh, Dennis, uh, of course, the world-famous ufology cartoonist. World-famous. World famous. We'll be right back, everybody. Having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. The internet is not a parking lot. You can't create a website, park it there, and let it sit. Rusting, forgotten, ignored. But face it, you don't have time to focus on your web content. Turn it over to Ion Leap. We're an internet marketing agency who helps companies get found by search engines using robust content. Get your website moving again. Learn more at ionleap.com. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Superman, homepage.com. 
put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom-built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Four thousand seven hundred and thirty-four UFO sightings in two thousand seven. Eight hundred and fifty-four abductions by aliens or unknown species reported by American and British citizens. Hundreds more unreported in 2007. Suppressed information about collisions with passenger aircraft and UFOs that has been kept from the public knowledge for years. And only one trusted source of information from some of the top UFO researchers in the world. Exclusive information that cannot be found anywhere else on the planet. Trusted, connected, accurate. The UFOStore.com. Expand your personal library with fast shipping and instant downloadable information from the largest selection of UFO products on the internet by going to theufostore.com or call on the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week order line at 541-523-2630. The truth is out there, and theufostore.com has it. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Listening in, everybody. Of course, we are on www.psn-radio.com, and you can 
call in 786-245-8127. If you guys want to check us out on Skype, look up PSN Radio. You can find us on Skype. And you can Skype into the show. That's a feature that it's never used. Everybody who calls in just calls into the number, but nobody wants to Skype in for some reason. And Skype is there, so Skype in if you if you have the account, add it, send me a request, we'll add you, and you can Skype right in. It's free, so take advantage. Also, check us out on Facebook. Type in PSN Radio and uh, follow up with what we're doing on, on the network here. A lot of new stuff. We just uh, reinvented the website, which I spoke about earlier, and it looks really, really pimping. I really like the website. Uh, again, back with Dennis Reyna. We're going to talk with him for a little bit longer about what he's doing with the Ufologist website and other stuff that we're just uh, rambling, talking about here, uh, randomly talking about. Um, Dennis, you know, I'm looking at the website here, and going, let's go into Ufology for a second here. I wanted to, to uh, get your opinion because one of the, the pictures out here, you know, is of... Um, Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. And I know that you're you've, you're friendly with uh, Kathleen Martin. You've obviously drawn her and a uh, really nice lady. I've interviewed her before, and uh, I really believe the Betty and Barney Hill story. Uh, stories like that always kind of intrigued me with ufology because those are like the the ones that you can't, you really got to wrap your mind around and you really can't just dismiss as easily as some other stories. Uh, what are your favorite stories besides, like, that one, for example, that really come to mind that you are always drawn to and, uh, and, and makes you think that really, you know, we're not alone and we're being visited? That's one of my favorite stories, Betty and Martin, because it happened only about an hour and a half from where I lived. I was born and raised, and I have met Kathy Martin on several occasions. Lovely lady, and, by and, the way. Oh, yeah, very nice. And Psychonia Notch is, like I said, about an hour and a half away from where I live. And what's nice and interesting about that story is I have a friend of mine from my hometown who was telling me he was abducted or visited. He wasn't sure which one it was, but while he was sleeping, somebody came into his room, something came in, his little gray came into his room, and that's all he wanted to tell me about it. I said, would you tell anybody else? And he don't want to tell anybody because he said, they'll think I'm crazy. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I've known you all your whole life. I can vouch that you are crazy, you know? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Race. We all know you are crazy, but you really might have been abducted. Yeah. That's, that's how that went. Talking, <laughs> when I asked him when did this happen, and he told me, you know when Benny and Barney Hill happened? Was it September of 61? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And this happened to him November of 61. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and an hour and a half away from where Benny and Barney Hill happened. Ah. You think it might have been the same aliens that abducted them? I don't know. I tried to get them to talk to people. I tried to get them involved with, uh, you know, getting a hold of Audrey Hewins for her Starborn support people. I tried to get uh-huh. him to talk to them. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. I tried to get him to, you know, just send an email to Kathy Martin. He didn't want to, he just didn't want to tell anybody. He still doesn't want to tell anybody. And it irks me because every now and then I'll get an email from him and he'll tell me a little bit more about what happened and that's it. Uh, I mean, what, what's he's, what do you think he's so scared of? I mean, uh, is he scared of the ridicule? I mean, uh, look, if, if he wants to make a quick buck, uh, he could do it in ufology because God knows there's a lot of people doing it now and you know, writing books and making money. So I don't think he's yeah. afraid of making some cash if he wants to write a book or something. Uh, but, I mean, what is he afraid of? The ridicule factor I don't think is really as as you know, as know bad as it used to be when Betty and Barney uh, I think it's, I think it's a ridicule. He's, he's worried about that. About he's the worried what? about being made, being made fun of. Okay, so the ridicule factor, in other words, he's, he's yeah. worried still. But, you know, that, it's not really as bad as it used to be, though. Uh, you know, Dennis, it really has uh, changed over the last 20 years. Yeah, if I could try, I tried to tell him that, but he don't want to be okay. He doesn't want to say anything. Now, what, did he, what did he 
what experience did he have? Like, how did he tell you, you know, what happened? Did he go into detail with you? Beg your pardon? Did he, did he go into detail on what happened to him? No, just little things like he was sleeping at night. Somebody came into his room and there was a little guy with big eyes. And they, were, they, big, and they told me that the eyes weren't black, all black. It was a little yellow around them, which is what Kathy Martin said about the eyes in Benny and Barney Hills aliens. They had some yellow right. in it. You know, tell me a little bit more. And he just don't want to get into it. He doesn't want to get into it. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, weird, man. It might be the same aliens. Yeah, well, it's, you know, three months apart. It's time like over November. Three months yeah. apart, an hour and a half away. Why not? Might be. You never know. And that is, you know, it's one of those things, though. I can kind of understand where he's coming from because coming forward with that kind of information could be really a life-turning event. I mean, your whole life really would change after that point in some way because you're coming forward with that kind of information that people are going to be drawn to and they're going to want to know more about so you're going to get people inquiring on what happened and you're going to have to answer some more questions you might have to do some radio shows and if it becomes a public thing you might have to answer some other ufology people that might come so I can kind of understand why he doesn't want that part of it if if he's not looking for the publicity of it I don't know publicity heck I told him he's a painter a fine art, not a cartoonist, but a painter. Okay. He painted a couple of UFO scenes. I said, here you go. Express it in this. Yeah. So you know, no, it's, funny the, just, it's funny because there's a lot of people There's a lot of people in ufology that do that. Yeah, he doesn't want to. Yeah. That's weird. There's no interest. He, he paints a scene and puts it away. That's there's, it. A, there's, there's a lot of like uh, artists, musicians, uh, you know, painters graphic designers who have been either abducted or into the subject and they write books and all kinds of stuff. What was the lady's name who wrote uh, or came out with a book with uh, UFO or alien pictures a couple years ago, uh, which is like a coffee book. It was all alien related. Uh, and she went on like national tours and stuff and she never got abducted. You know how much uh, you know her book would have sold if she got abducted? Got, no, she had, Kim, yeah. It wasn't Kim, was it? Uh, Kim, uh, oh, she was abducted. Kim? No, I don't think it was. Was it Kim? I know she was, uh, you know, it's funny because I think I've interviewed her, and, and shame on me, Dennis, for not remembering her name. I think it might have been Kim something. I know she was uh, heavily affiliated with uh, Richard C. Hoagland for a while. Well, I can't think of her name. She wasn't Kim, uh, I can't think of her last name. Uh, let me see, Ufology and Kim. I'm pretty sure I guess- if I Google it, I'll be able to, it's not, no, I'm, I'm getting here, uh, Kim Burrell, but that's not, that's yeah, not I'm get her, you got another, her book right here. Well, can you ever end this here? Get to it. You probably have it in, in your collection there somewhere. Yeah, I do. It's right up here. Uh, no, no, Pete, it's not Kim Kardashian. It's not Kim Kardashian. Kim Carlsberg. Kim Carlsberg. Kim Carlsberg. Kim Carlsberg. Yes, that's her, Kim. You're absolutely right, Kim Scarls. Now, was she abducted? I, I can't remember if she said yes. that she was or wasn't. I think she said she had, like, dreams that she was being abducted or something like that, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, she was, yeah. It was dreams, right? Yeah. It wasn't, like, something physical that she remembered, like a dream she remembered. That's yeah. kind of iffy. You know, when somebody tells me, you know, I had a dream that I saw a little Martian in my room. 
that's I don't know about that too much because you know overactive imagination. If you're into the subject, you know I've had a couple of dreams that uh, little green men were trying to take me out of the room, but I don't think I was really abducted. I just think I dreamt it because I might have seen ET or aliens or something the night before. You know your your mind does that to you sometimes. So yeah, I don't know I don't know how much of an alien abduction, but I do remember that she said that she had a dream, and in her dream she was visited or something like that. I do remember that part. But yeah, coming you, out with you, a second book. You, you're absolutely right. Kim Carlsberg. Shame on me for not knowing that. I should definitely shame on know you. That. Yeah, shame on me. And uh, internationally acclaimed UFO researcher, Kim Carlsberg. Lovely yeah. lady, too, by the way. Great interview. Oh, yeah, very pretty. Had it on a long time ago on the show. See, I've been doing this show for a few years now, Dennis. So it's, it's uh, you know, a lot of people that I've gone through, so to speak. Kind of, you know, some of the stories that get a little jumbled up inside the uh, big old giant head. That is the jackal's head. <laughs> oh, okay. That's but, I hate <laughs> but she's doing a she's doing a second book. Huh? Have you drawn Kim yeah. Carlsberg? You've drawn her before on your oh, website. Oh yeah, right? oh yeah. She's on the website. Yeah, she's had a redo. What What was your take on uh, you know switching gears here? What, what was your take on um, Jesse Marcel's passing recently? Well, that was really oh, devastating. Sucked. I think. I didn't like that. That sucked. That was too early. Yeah, too no early. kidding, man. Such a shame, too, because he was, like, the last link, really, to the Roswell case. I mean, is there anybody left from uh, from Roswell that is still around that was there? No, nobody. Just his kids are carrying the torch. That's about it. Yeah, Jesse Marcel Jr., who, uh, by the way, shout-outs shout to him, uh, Jesse Marcel III, I guess. Uh, he's on Facebook. I've, I've friended him a while back, and uh, I was trying to find Jesse Marcel Jr. to interview him once, and I came across his son, Jesse Marcel III, and I right. sent him a friend request, and, I, and at first I was confused if he was the, th- the son or if he wasn't, and I kind of like became friends with him before I even knew uh, or got to interview, ever interview Jesse Marcel Jr., which I never actually got to interview him. I never put that together. Uh, he had been on a show of a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Havikan, who uh, does a, a, a podcast also, and uh, he's an, he got to interview him a few times, and that was really, really cool. But I unfortunately never got the pleasure to interview him. Maybe I'll have his son on. Uh, one day, and we'll talk about his dad. That would be really yeah. a, a neat interview. What a great guy, too, man. I mean, I, every, everything that I've ever known of the Marcells and uh, all the stuff that they went through is just uh, in, incredible, the fact that he continued and he had the life that he had. Because, you know, the the whole Roswell crash aside, I mean, the guy was a war hero. He went back and did a tour uh, after 9-11, I believe, right? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. at, at his advanced age, they went. He went back in, and, and he still fought. I mean, what a, a, a courageous American! Really, really yeah. courageous American. And uh, like daughter, I said, gone too soon. His daughter's continuing his Facebook page. Yep. Yeah. Daughter and the son—they're both continuing it. But a, a great, yeah. great American, really. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, devastating. And uh, we also lost Kevin Smith recently. Who was that? Kevin Smith, uh, familiar with him with his work? Oh yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Radio. Another tragic loss, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Speaking of uh ufology and ufologist radio, there you go, Kevin Smith. Uh, another voice kinda like Art Bells, who was really a prominent voice in the world of ufology on radio. That's too bad, man. Well, you know, ufologists are getting old. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think of uh, the, what do you think of, of like the the changing face of ufology now with the, the newer crop of ufologists coming on board? You know the obviously the Georgia Tukulus is one of them. 
and, and, you know, Wilcox and all these other guys have come along in the last few years. It's time to do a lot of showboating, aren't they? Yeah. Kind of turning it, kind of turn into a, it. yeah, Vitamin Bailey, Ringling Brothers Circus routine. <laughs> that, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Especially uh, Wilcox. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I saw a, I saw a video of David Wilcox, uh, which it, it, it was laugh out loud funny. This was like LOL funny. It really was, uh, where he's doing you know one of these uh, presentations and he's talking about. Uh, that he was Edgar Casey, and you know he was talking about his psychic uh, past and and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, he he says, "Oh, by the way, I'm also a musician, and I'm putting out a record. And here's my song." And he puts out a song, and he just sits there like uh, like looking at the crowd, like you know, expecting them to like sing along or something to his terrible music. And he, and <laughs> I'm like, it's so clear what this guy is trying to do. He's trying to indoctrinate people who are you know following him because they really think that he's Edgar Casey's reborn whatever, uh, reincarnation, and what he's really trying to do is just sell some music, some really bad music. That's really the other guy is trying to hawk his, his failed music career to a whole new crowd. Yeah. Yeah, it's one way to do it. There's a couple of people in ufology that are trying to, you know, get a career going and they don't have squat for, I don't know. It's just sad to see some of these guys. Some yeah, guys. They, jump, they jump right in thinking, oh, I could sell some records and some books and make a couple of quick dollars out of the world of ufology because they will buy anything, and they really do. Really? They will. They buy anything. Look, the audience bought the alien autopsy on Fox. They bought it. People thought it was real. They would buy anything. And uh, you put out a book uh, that has anything on there, you know, I'm pretty sure people would buy it. Even though there are some really great books that are put out in ufology, some really great authors and researchers, uh, you know, I don't want to discount anybody who does honest research, like Nick Redford, for example. I'm a huge Nick Redford fan. I, I got a bunch yeah. of his books. Really great author. Uh, great researcher. You know, he really goes out and just, uh, he puts in his book what he's researched. He doesn't make stuff up and just embellishes or anything. Uh, I like those kind of authors, you know. The Nick Redfern's of the world uh, are really the people that I like to follow. Stanton Friedman's of the world also uh, are people I like to follow uh, within ufology. What's your favorite author that you've read? You know, Kathleen uh, Martin, by the way, great author also. Her books are awesome. Who was that you just said? Kathleen Martin also. I like Richard yeah. Dolan. Dolan's good too. Yeah, Richard Dolan is excellent, yeah. Yeah. Richard Dolan. Kathy Martin's books. The ones she write with Stan, Stan Friedman. Those are good. Yeah, they they make a great duo, don't they? Yeah, yeah. We can't see one without the other when you go to a UFO convention or a show or something. Like I used to go to Exeter up in New Hampshire every every September, and they were side by side. They're yeah, like uh, yeah, they're like uh, connected at the hip nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak, uh, Stan, don't get mad at me for that one. What's that? Stanton. I'm saying I'm telling Stanton Freeman not to get mad at me on that one. <laughs> oh, he's up in Canada. Maybe he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's always amazing. listening. That's Stanton Freeman. He's an amazing guy. You know, I've interviewed him a couple of times, and uh, one of the, the nicest human beings ever. Uh, but he's on oh, top yeah. of his game, dude. Let me tell you, like, you could ask him anything, and he shoots out the information like that. You could ask him stuff about that you talked about on the last show, and he'll be like, well, Jackal, and he'll just go right into it, and he'll start talking about it. And he remembers things. It's it's amazing the the memory that man has. I know it was weird. Last uh, I guess early fall last year, I got a phone call with Stan Friedman. <laughs> Wonder how to get a, get a, one of his mugs that I have. You know, they 
put their, everybody's furniture on a mug. You want to yeah. know how to get his mug? I pick up the phone. Hello, I recognize the voice right off the bat. <laughs> it's unmistakable wife, his voice. Yeah, my wife says, "What's the matter?" I said, ah, "Stan Friedman's calling me." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, it's just Ann Freeman. Uh, she's just a world-known researcher and yeah, you know, the leading little... expert in Roswell. You know, he writes books with Kathleen Moore. Yeah. He's, he's just a regular guy. Tell me a little cartoonist in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really cool. remembered meeting me up there in Exeter. You know what's funny, Dennis? I, the first time I, I interviewed him, I called him up uh, with uh, my friend Jamie, who knew his number, and uh, we called him up to get him on my show, and I and I, this is the the exact conversation. I'll never forget this. Uh, he picks up, and he's like, "Hello," and I'm like, oh, "Can I speak to uh, Stan Freeman?" He's like, "They're speaking." I'm like, "Hey, Stan, uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm Angel, uh, aka the Jackal from Inside the Jackal's Head. I sent you that email. Uh, uh, Jamie recommended, uh, you know, for me to talk to you, and uh, he said that uh, you'll be okay with coming on my show sometime. What's the date?" Oh, well, I have open, uh, I think it was, uh, I believe it was like a July or something like that. I can't remember the exact date, but and I told him the date, and he's like, let me look at my calendar. Comes back, like, literally, like, pauses for five seconds. He goes, that'll work for me. Put me down. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. And then he goes, okay, I'll talk to you later. I'm like, <laughs> what <laughs> the hell just I told happened? Him, I, told him, I like hearing your columns. He writes a column from the MUFON Journal. But I said, I like the way you take you take what these stupid things these people say and make it really look ridiculous. You know? <laughs> he said, oh, there'll be many more of those, many more of those. <laughs> He's a but funny, he funny dude. But, you know, it's funny, like, that was the, the very first conversation. I guess he didn't know who I was really just from one email and maybe, you know, this is years ago. And, uh, you know, just that interaction I found to be hysterically funny. But I have had regular conversations with him in a sense, you know, not in a while, but uh, just a, 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 an amazingly brilliant person, Stan Freeman. I mean, a really, really brilliant mind. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, he is. It's going to suck when he goes, man, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, he is. He doesn't like SETI, too. SETI, 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 S-E-T-I, he doesn't care much for them. Yeah, no, and he he, he told me about uh, his uh, dislike for SETI and... Uh, People like um, William Cooper, for example, uh, which he was really blunt about because I asked him, you know, what he thought about William Cooper. And he's like, oh, he's a scumbag and a liar. And I'm like, whoa, oh, <laughs> really? And he's like, yeah, oh, he was fabricated. This is lying, this and that. And I'm like, wow, I never thought Stanton Freeman would go off on um, Cooper like that. That's yeah. epic. And he can, <laughs> he can back everything he says, too. He yeah, can back it all. Just, yeah, it's amazing. He really can. Uh, one of the few guys in ufology that, no matter what he talks about, there's always you know factual evidence or there's something factually that he could go to and back up his claim. I mean, it's it, it, you know talking to him. It's funny because like I rarely take notes or, or prepare really for major interviews anymore. Like I just I don't do it because I prefer having just the kind of like the freestyle approach where you, you just go in there and just ask whatever comes to mind. Uh, where it's somebody of that statue, you know, and, and I think it just flows better sometimes. But with him, every, I've had him on a few times. He is literally the only guest where I sat down prior to the you know prior to the show and I've put down a list of things I wanted to talk to him about and, and questions and and how to rebuttal some things. That I know he's going to rebuttal me on, and and you know he I, he's the only guy that I've done my homework on because he's like too smart for me to just like freestyle it. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. You got to be on your toes when you're interviewing him. No kidding, man. Him and probably like uh, Michio Kaku is another one who will probably I would have to write like a whole like graphic novel on what I want to ask him. 
Oh, you interviewed Mitchell? Hey. I've never interviewed Mitchell Kaku. I've always wanted to interview him. That, I mean, that dude, I mean, talk about smart guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Michio Kaku is like a modern day Einstein in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Einstein. My, my cousin's wife is related to Einstein. No kidding. She's a, yeah, she's, uh, he was her great, great, great uncle. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. Her maiden name is Einstein. Oh, nice. Has the, the, has the the brain power has the brain power like carried on in the family? Is there like other intelligence uh, like Einstein's uh, in the family, like Albert's? I don't know. She sells skiing equipment. She puts ski ski shows on for, up in Colorado. But yeah, Einstein. Well, she, yeah, she's, she's not she's not solving equals MC square, but she's selling uh, people what they need. I guess uh, skiing equipment. Yeah. Does amazing. she have like a does she have a poster of of Albert Einstein on the wall somewhere? Like, yeah, this is my uncle. You know, no, nope. it's kind of cool. Nope. You know, I didn't even know she was really because I didn't even know her maiden name was Einstein until I went to their wedding. Her and my cousin, both girls, and she took their her maiden name. And then the Patricia said to you, Brenda Einstein, take uh, Candace to be you. I say, wait a minute, Einstein. <laughs> Somebody everybody have, everybody had like that. You had that yeah. moment, like where the tires screeched, like. Ah! Wait yeah, somebody with Einstein name is marrying into my family. <laughs> All right, <laughs> there goes IRQ level up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really funny. That's really cool, though. Uh, in, a, in a way, you're you have, you're part of Einstein's family. It is. I think that's great. Neat. Einstein. That's, cool. <laughs> that's very cool. I have nobody famous that I could say that about in my family. None. Oh. Yeah. And then I think there was a, a, a rapist in uh, Cuba somewhere that's probably related to me. That's as close as <laughs> I think he was. That's as close as fame as we got in my family. A rapist. Oh. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, he wasn't even raping women or, or men or children. He was raping like animals. I think it was a crazy bastard, that old, oh. that old man. <laughs> He was a goat rapist. I don't know. The Cubans, uh, they're weird. I don't know. We're weird people. I don't know. Bless the You're the only one I know, except for my son-in-law, like I said. One in Miami, <laughs> so he must be Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. If, he, if you are in Miami, you're definitely Cuban. If you're in New York, like we said uh, before we went on air here, uh, when we were on break, if you're in New York, you're Puerto Rican, and if you're in California, you're Mexican. Just the way it right. works. That if Anywhere I travel in the country, I know who I am by where I'm at. Yeah. If I'm in California, I become Mexican real quick. I'm like, Orale, vato. like hey, what's up, Holmes? I go to New York, you know, I got to become Puerto Rican immediately. If I come to Miami, it's que hola, como ta? And it's become Cuban. And it just, if you're Latin, you kind of have to, like, adapt to your surroundings. It's expected of you by white people, isn't yeah. it? Like, you, you guys expect that from us. <laughs> so, like, Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia? Yeah, remember him? Yeah, man, the the mind of Mencia. Mind of, oh, he was great. I love that guy. Yeah, he was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, he, he didn't care about what race you were. He didn't care. <laughs> I like I like when he talked about white people. He's like, that's right, white people, and he's just like, he just like go off on like stupid stuff, and then he like you know quit 
take it back to how stupid stuff that you know Latinos do also. And he he really like he pulled no he, like he pulled all punches. He didn't really care if you were white, black, Hispanic. He just no, he, didn't care. He, he put he everybody was, out there. He was kind of like me, an equal opportunity racist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, uh, I was going to Vermont. I went to visit him. He said, "Come in here. You're just in time to see the show." Going to Vermont. I said, "What?" It's a comedian. He said, "He's just like you. And he's just like you. He's just like me." He says, "He hates everybody." Come and see this. <laughs> Dude, if if you like that kind of comedy, I suggest you check out Jim Jeffries. Have you heard of him? Who? Jim Jeffries. That sounds familiar. I'm gonna send you some yeah. links to some of his comedy. Uh, this is one of the funniest dudes you're ever gonna meet. Or you're ever going to see do stand up anywhere? I mean, one of the funniest acts in stand up history, I think, is Jim Jeffries, and he's still not as well known in the U.S. as he should be. But he's slowly starting to blow up here in the U.S. He's Australian, and he blew up really in England and and Canada, and now he's blown up in the U.S. Uh, but really, really funny. In fact, I guarantee you, when you watch his stand up, you're going to tell me that's probably like the, either the first, second, or third best stand up you're ever going to watch in your life. That's how funny. Really? Yeah, I mean, he's up there with, like, Pryor, Carlin, Murphy, you know, like, the greats in stand-up. Uh, Jim Jeffries. Everybody look him up on YouTube and Google. In fact, uh, speaking of which, we have to take a quick commercial break. We're back at the break, Mark. Uh, we're going to be back for uh, for a little bit more here on Inside the Jackal's Head. Uh, Dennis, you're welcome to stay and uh, and wrap up with us here in a few more minutes. Uh, or, you're, of course, if you got to leave, I understand. Um, it's up to you, my friend. Uh, do you want to stay with us for an extra t- uh, 20 minutes, or are you walking? Oh, I gotta, I gotta head out. Gotta work tomorrow. I hear you. The big old job, right. man. So, uh, thank you for joining thanks. us uh, tonight. Right. Uh, thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate your, your spending uh, an hour here, an hour and a half with us here, really. Okay, thanks for having me on. So there you go. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes on more inside the Jackal's head. That is Dennis Reynold. Dennis, give everybody again the website address so they can go and check out your uh, your designs, your artwork, your cartoons, man. Give w- everybody w- the website address www.ufologistoons.com Ufologistoons.com Ufologistoons.com Check that out, everybody. We'll be right back with a little bit more show in a couple minutes. Well, when you do go out to a club, that you just got to watch yourself, whatever you do. You just can't expect to go out there and just dance and don't get touched and non-violent because that's what it is. I, I don't see how... If you get the music inside your soul, anything gonna happen. You don't play the music, you can't get it. It's the music. The music? My sim- my my sim- my sympathy to the parents. I sympathy to sympathy to the parents. Sympathy to the sympathy to the sympathy to the sympathy to the parents. Sympathy to the parents. Sympathy to the parents. My sympathy sympathy to the parents. My sympathy to the parents. My sympathy my my sympathy sympathy to the parents. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. 
Discount Comic Book Service, where you can save 40 to 75% off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS, welcome home. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Greetings, earthlings. I am Ikfruit of Planet Zordon. Watch my friends, Dennis, Crenshaw, and Rick Osman go unraveling the secrets right here on the Soup Media Network each Saturday at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. And each Sunday, at noon, Eastern, they will bring you interesting guests and information from all over, above, or inside your pathetic little planet. Oh my, I've misplaced my thing Ooh, give me five, give me that which I desire! Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Jackal's Head here on PSN Radio. And, of course, SoFlo Radio is also carrying us tonight. And we just had Mr. Dennis Reno on the show. Now, when we were in commercial there, uh, you guys heard it unraveling the secret uh, promo, which is very outdated. So, sorry about that. Uh, now, why that happened? Uh, kind of, uh, well, it's a long story behind that. And if you've got a minute, I'm going to share it with you. See, I've had kind of a rough week this week. Uh, literally, my studio's computer blew up. Now, when I say blew up, I'm talking about it caught fire. Like, there was literally a fire in the studio, and not just in the sky, Travis. No, there was actually a fire in the studio. See, uh, my power supply went dead about five, six days ago, and I uh, started smoking out of the back of the computer in the, in the uh, studio, I noticed the smell, and uh, I came into the studio, and I saw there was smoke coming out, so I unplugged everything, everything was cool, but the power supply was gone. So I take out the power supply, and I take it to Tiger Direct, I buy another one, come back, put it in, and for the life of me, I could not get the thing to work. Now, I had put everything in properly, so I was hoping that the motherboard wasn't fried, and, uh, but the, you know, the computer booted up, it just wouldn't boot the actual hard drive or the operating system. So I took the entire thing to Tiger Direct, and the funniest thing, we take it all apart. They tell me, well, you actually have everything connected properly on the new power supply. Let's test your, your hard drive. 
So they go ahead and they test the hard drive, and the hard drive was bad. I had a bad hard drive. It went, it, it just died again. I guess along with the the power supply. So they replaced that. When I bring the computer home and I put it on and I I get the Windows booting up and everything, and I start and I'm about to go put the or actually I was about to about to load Windows into the computer. I noticed that there was a smell of smoke again. And I'm looking at the back of the computer like, wait a second, is there? A f- Man, is this power supply breaking down on me again? And I didn't see nothing coming out of the back of the computer. And then all of a sudden, I see like a little shiny reflection off of my big monitor. And the monitor is facing the side of the computer that has a glass on it so you can see into the computer. And I look over on the computer and there's literally fire coming from under the hard drive that they just placed in the computer. Like it shot a bolt of fire out of the thing. And it was catching fire. So I immediately did the, the rational thing. I jumped up and again uh, grabbed the power supply and took the power supply out of the back of the computer and um, unplugged it and the the fire went right back into the hard drive and it just stopped it was the weirdest thing so I'm screaming I'm like what the hell's going on my mother God bless her soul walks into the, the studio and she's like what's going on and I tell her look at this and she sees the smoke coming out from the inside of the computer and I, and I tell her look I'm going to plug it back in and see what happens and I plugged it back in turned it back on and sure enough flames come right back out of the uh, the bottom of the, the hard drive. The strangest thing, right? So I immediately unplug it again before it damages the computer any further. Praying that the computer did not get fried, I take it apart and I rush it over to uh, Tiger Direct, and I show them what happened. Turns out one of the cables is a little bit loose on the installation. I guess they didn't... You know, they didn't make sure that it was uh, gripped on tight and they had changed a couple cables around so it's kind of their bad so that's what happened and they, they literally the hard drive caught fire the new hard drive caught fire luckily though my computer did not get further damaged uh, is it it's working perfectly now so we're uh, had you know I had to reload everything I lost so much data archives uh, personal pictures of me and my family and stuff. No porn, by the way, was damaged. Uh, just for anybody out there who might be saying, oh, yeah, he lost all his porn. That's what happened. No, the porn is still there. <laughs> None of that got damaged. But no, that wasn't even important to me. I don't care if I lose my videos or my porn or any of that crap. I, honestly, I don't even have that much porn. Uh, I, I don't have any porn anymore at this point. I just uh, don't. But what I did have was like personal pictures of my family, my ex-girlfriends, uh, my nephews and nieces, you know, texts, uh, between me and acquaintances from, uh, work and, you know, different documents for my job and, and different stuff that I had in that, in that original hard drive that uh, I've now completely lost. And man, it really makes me feel like an idiot. I didn't back any of that stuff up. So I kind of had to restart from scratch and I had literally about an hour before the show tonight, I was re-putting, uh, the Sam's broadcaster and putting all my samples and my music back into the uh, computer so I could do the show tonight. And, uh, unfortunately one of the ads that I placed in it was an old unraveling the secrets ad. And that's what you guys heard. So, again, don't worry about that. That's uh, an old ad. We will have new ads. Uh, now that I don't have any of the stuff that I had been working on, I'm going to have to restart from scratch, but there there will be all kinds of new ads. In fact, with the new website, psm-radio.com, as you guys notice, the new layout, the new look, there's going to be a couple of new shows that are going to be showing up on there also pretty soon. Uh, you, know, you know, There's always new shows and new content that we're trying to bring into the network. And if you guys want to join the network, uh, please send me an email over at newlogicjackal, that's N-E-W-L-O-G-I-C-J-A-C-K-A-L, 
all one word, newlogicjackal at gmail.com. If you're interested in joining uh, the network, please email me there, and uh, there's no sign-up fees. You don't have to pay any monthly fees or anything like that. We get you set up with all the equipment, all the software. We will get you started in hosting and self-producing your own show on the network. I will go the extra step, and I will show you personally how it's done, how I do it. Anyway, I know that's not perfect. I know sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes it's not even you know interesting enough to listen to for two hours, but it, it's a passable show, right? It's pretty good. Uh, you, you, you enjoy it, right? If you do and if you want to do it, let me know, and I'll be more than happy to, to uh, help you out with that. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's been my week this week on uh, on my schedule. It's just been kind of a, a messed up week for me. It really has. Really, really messed up week. But tonight was a really cool night. I, I'm so happy that we had Dennis on the show, Dennis Reno, a good friend. Of course, uh, a really, really uh, a person uh, that I really respect and uh, like his website a lot. I dig what he's done with uh, ufologist cartoons and really look forward to checking out some of the paranormal ghost cartoons that he's done now. That's always a lot of fun. Sorry about that. I had to cough <clears throat> because I need to drink a little water and I don't have any water on me, so a little coughing there. But um, we're going to be back next week. Uh, a lot more show coming up uh, in the near future. We have a lot of guests uh, that are being booked immediately because uh, the show must go on, and next week is another big one. Uh, we're going to have James Swagger on the show. On the uh, 20... Actually, he's going to be on on the 27th. James Swagger will be on on the 27th of this month. That's right. He will be on the show on the 27th of this month. I don't think actually I have anybody booked on the 20th, but we will be live on the 20th uh, coming up next weekend. And, uh, of course, following like that, like I said, the 27th, James Swagger will be on. He has his own podcast show. He actually might join uh, PSN Radio and um, might become a, a regular host on the network here. So look forward to having him on the show. November is also starting to get booked up already. We just uh, we uh, booked up uh, Oscar Benjamin, who is, of course, uh, the wolf himself, uh, from the Compassion and Wolf show on PSN Radio will be on the uh, the show here on Inside the Jackal Said as an official guest, and that's going to be on November 17th. That's always a lot of fun because I love talking to, to Oscar. He's a great, great guy and just really one of the, the nicest human beings you're ever going to meet. And not only that, very interesting life. I mean, this dude has uh, met a lot of interesting people in his day and really been through a lot, so I love uh, talking to him in, in private. Now we're going to get to do it on the show, and I'm going to get to actually pick his brain on uh, some of the people in the entertainment business that he's uh, talked to and met over the years. Uh, so again, on the 17th of November, Oscar Benjamin will be on Inside the Jackal's Head. And then following that, on the 24th of November, we have Mr. Steve Pierce, who's going to be on the show here. Now, Steve is really a cool interview to get. I mean, this is uh, going to be probably one of the best interviews of the year. Uh, Steve Pierce is one of the actual witnesses to the Travis Walton abduction case. He was one of the guys in the truck. Now, as most of my listeners know, I'm a major believer and supporter of the Travis Walton case and his crew. And uh, my dream interview was always to uh, to have Travis Walton on my show. And I made that a, possible, a possibility. I had him on, uh, interviewed him uh to this day, the interview went by so quick because uh, I was so like excited and hyped to have him on the show that I, I barely remember uh, what we talked about. I was so quickly that it went by, uh, but it really just my favorite interview that I've ever done because I was so uh, into the subject uh, of what happened to him was uh, Travis Walton's uh, interview here. Uh, but 
Steve Pierce, one of the guys who was actually there, he was part of the crew, uh, will be on this show, and that's going to be phenomenal. It's, like I said, I, I'm really looking forward to that interview, and I can't wait for November 24th to get here. Um, now, if you don't know who Steve Pierce is, if you've seen the movie Fire in the Sky, he's represented in that movie. Steve was only 17 years old when working as a logger as the crew of the crew uh, in Snowflake, Arizona with Travis Walton. 17 years old, the youngest guy on the crew in the movie. That's who Steve Pierce was back then. Uh, he was one of the men that Travis Walton uh, was with when he exited that truck and headed towards the craft. Steve, uh, having a, uh, a window seat in the truck, saw everything. He witnessed the beam of light hit Travis, knocking him back. I mean, we're going to talk about all that stuff. The men took off uh, suddenly, obviously, when they saw Travis on the ground. Look, even I asked Travis if he was mad about that, and he said, not really, man. I would have done the same thing, honestly, and so would I. You know, Not for anything, but if you see that happen to anybody, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to take off and try to save yourself because at that point, everybody's thinking, well, he's dead. You know, he just got himself killed by jumping off the truck. Let's not make that same mistake. Let's get the hell out of here. And that's what they did. And uh, don't blame him. I don't think Travis blames him either. So Steve Pierce, great, great guest to have on. I really uh, want everybody to uh, listen uh, to that show. That's why I'm mentioning it here. I'm mentioning it here on the podcast. So everybody who listens to the podcast uh, remembers it. And please comes comes back to the 24th of November and checks out the interview with Steve Pierce. Again, one of the witnesses to the Travis Walton abduction case. Uh, guys, we're going to be back, like I said, next week on the 20th uh, with more Inside the Jackal's Head. Uh, the guest right now is to be determined, but I'm pretty sure I will have a guest on. And uh, again, I'm booking up the entire year and starting next year. We haven't picked a date yet. We haven't picked a time yet. Uh, but starting next year, uh, the show will be moving to a new time slot. And it will be uh, just because of a couple of different factors that, I, that I'm putting together. Uh, a couple of different things that I'm putting together, and uh, um, we're going to pick a, a date and time uh, where it's easier for me to do the shows and not really have to worry about some of the roadblocks that come with uh, doing the shows, like stuff that I have in my personal life, um, maybe stuff that people watch on TV that conflict with my show, uh, like The Walking Dead. Uh, you know, I thought when Breaking Bad was over, that was it. You know, everything would be cool after that, but no, I forgot The Walking Dead You know, is coming back, and that's going to be on for probably... Eh, a few more years. So, yeah, I'm not trying to compete with The Walking Dead because I want to see that crap too. So, you know what I mean? So, we're going to probably uh, switch the show's uh, time slot around coming in the upcoming new year. And uh, we're still a few months away from that, though. So, November, December, same time slot, 10 p.m. Eastern on Sunday night. You'll find us here on Inside the Jackal's Head. Guys, until next week, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for being here with me. And when I say yes, of course, I'm talking about me and Pete. My board operator. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Pete. Join us next week. Take care, everybody. Until then, we'll talk soon on Inside My Head. And if not, well, too bad.
Free from the skies, get in the 